Proud holders of British, Italian, Argentine and Australian passports. Welcome to Handapod. Sebaquatas this week because he's not Argentine. Um, so that's the sole reference that we're going to be making to my long afternoon on Twitter today. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly. I'm joined again this afternoon, uh, this evening, uh, in, in my San Telmo abode by Australian Dan Colasimone. Hi, I also have an Italian passport. And uh, a fellow, an- another Italian passport holder, Argentine Seba Garcia. Yeah, I'm eligible, but I don't want to play for Liverpool. If QPR comes calling... You know, you know where to find me. <laughs> How desperate would they have to be before that happened? <laughs> I, I just hold the one passport for the moment, at least. Um, anyway, gentlemen, <laughs> dramatic weekend in in Primera. Uh, possibly the most dramatic thing that's happened though was this morning with Santiago Silva being sold. How should we attack this first of all? Are we gonna? We didn't really plan this before I started recording. Because <coughs> no, we're it's, it's definitely, as you say, it's, a, it's definitely we're talking about uh, Vélez basically being consumed by Serie A uh, they've, mm. as we know they lost uh, Ricky Alvarez how long ago was that? well yeah just after the season just, just after the, the season finished the clausura and then then they lost Maxi Morales and now they've lost uh, probably their third as well they're, they're one of the other most influential players in Santiago Silva the big Uruguayan striker and we're talking about Augusto Fernandez possibly going to Roma as well mm-hmm. although that's not as, as sure um, so yeah, they're just uh, the sort of a heart of their winning championship winning team has been just been ripped out. Yeah, one of the one of the points to make in this situation is that Vélez got really handicapped right now because because they're they're clearly losing two of the two of their best players from from last season. Ricky Alvarez, he was mostly used as a substitute, and now he's he's having a role at Inter, and he has a long future ahead of him, but. Santiago Silva and Maxi Morales were more instrumental to Vélez than Ricky Álvarez was. But then, if you combine the, th- you put together the three of them, they're really, really losing some quality in their in their side. And, and now, the question is, will they have enough to to win the title again? But then the other point is, how how the the the, the Argentine clubs uh, ha- have their hands tied? Because if a European club comes calling and the transfer window in, in Argentina is already closed. They come calling and they, they pay their, their release clause mm-hmm. and there's nothing Argentine clubs can do. And honestly, uh, there is no way somebody can, can, can put uh, Fiorentina away when the release clause is only $2.5 million, which that is really, really low. That was exactly what I thought when I saw the price that it, 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 that it gone for. It's crazy, Leo. And... and, and Throughout the day, a lot of Bellas directors have been trying to throw the blame on De Silva, saying that he what, wasn't being loyal to the club in some yeah, way or whatever, yeah. but well, equally, they're going to have no an wasn't it? They, they triggered the exactly. release clause. So yeah, but the thing is, the exactly. release clause was ridiculously low. Yeah, I think the problem was, perhaps, they being whenever they bought him, he would have been, what, 29 years old, yeah. 28. 
So they would have figured, you know, like uh, quite a low recension clause. Um, and the other, and on the other hand, the Vélez president Fernando Rafaini is saying that Silva was the one who said to oh, them, well. told them, okay, if you don't put a low release clause, I'm not going to sign for you. Yeah. And that's uh, something they're trying to blame it on the player right now. But if you think it the other way around, and if you put yourself in in, in Silva's shoes. He's 31, another opportunity to go to Europe. He played for Port- in Portugal for Beira Mar, and it's probably the last opportunity he has to prove himself in, in Europe. So it's, there's a lot of ways of, of uh, looking at it. But in the end, only the Vélez fan is the one who yeah. is uh, getting more frustrated than anybody else. Well, that's yeah. really devastating for, for them, and the way, the way it's happened as well, or, or when it's happened, because... I mean, they've done the preseason. They knew they lost Alvarez, and as you said, not a, not a, a big blow to them, but not as crucial in, in terms of the team uh, this year. But then losing Maxi Morales, and well, they think, okay, we have uh, Ramirez as backup, and now like what three games in, and they lose their uh, absolutely crucial striker in, mm. in Silva. Um, we saw last weekend where they they scraped a one 0 win against Arsenal, a fairly limited team this this mm. season, I think. Um, and they had a lot of trouble breaking them down without Silva. Silva wasn't playing. I'm not sure why. Uh, he might have been. He was, he was suspended. Suspended. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Vélez were the usual like nice passing, fluid football, but they had nobody to finish. So with him missing now, it's just, it's, I think it's a big blow for them. Yeah, yeah, and I fear for them if the transfer. Well, the transfer window in Europe, we know, is going to go for another week or, or until next Monday. Mm. And what if another team comes calling and say, okay, what's the Augusto Fernandez release clause? I need a wide right midfielder. Okay, this is, I don't know, I don't know exactly the, the amount we're talking about. But I think that one figure I heard was $5 million for him, which let's is Let's say it's five, let's say it's eight. It could be nothing for a team that is desperate to get one more signing before the season, before the, the transfer window is, is over. What can Vélez do if they come calling? I hope... Uh, other teams don't go the same route as Fiorentina because it could be devastating for, for an already uh, weakened uh, league we have in Argentina because of mm. economics and financials. Yeah, it's, it's notable. It at least won't in itself affect Vélez's preparations for this weekend's match too much because Silva was also suspended for that, but obviously for the season as a whole. As I said to Australian Dan just before Seba turned up, I'm feeling slightly smug about having predicted Lanús for the championship <laughs> now that this has happened. But also, of course, Vélez's other striker, the guy who'd naturally be the, the already-in-place um, replacement for Silva, Guillermo Franco, who scored against uh, Arsenal at the weekend in, with about, what, 10 seconds or so right. to go uh, of a, a game, really, that Vélez fully deserved to win. He got injured this morning. We don't yet know. Yeah, yeah uh, left hamstring injury, and we don't yet know how bad it is, but he's definitely in doubt for this weekend. Mm. So that's really going to... you know. I mean, I still think they've got one of the best squads in the country well but the, the other thing is like the, other, the, the one big star remaining which is uh, Juan Manuel Martinez he's likely to leave as well in, in mm-hmm. say six months um, apparently he only stuck around because his girlfriend or wife or whatever was having a baby or was pregnant or he's pregnant or whatever so like in six months he'll, he'll probably be gone as well uh, I guess and I don't know who they're planning to bring in I guess so they're either relying on their on their Academy kind of thing, younger players, or well, they, they should have something like thirty million. Mm-hmm. They were just saying on TV now, like thirty million dollars to spend. Yeah, but who are they going to spend it yeah. in? Because the, the transfer window is 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 already closed, and they they were talking about going to Alpha to ask permission. But what if they make one exception for yeah, Vélez, sure. Then all the other clubs are going to 
uh, try and put a case uh, or, or make a case to sign some more players as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of a move that I think changes the dynamics in in Argentina now. And, and Vélez, they're probably not going to be as comfortable uh, in in so many matches as they were last season. No, no absolutely. I, I'm just bringing up the the other results from the weekend. As we say, Vélez beat Arsenal away from home. Any of the other scorelines really jump out at you guys from the weekend? Obviously, seven. We know that you'll say the Racing uh, <laughs> win, which took them joint top again against Banfield. Well, again, a really devastating result for Banfield. That's three losses yeah. out of three, I think, isn't it? It is, um, yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the teams I picked as a potential <laughs> title, <laughs> title candidate. Um, and I, I think, as I mentioned last week, even though they haven't played that badly, or, uh, and the, the other side of the coin is Lanús, who haven't played all that well, but they're... The, the, this, the tournament is so short that now Lanús have seven points from three games Banfield have zero so no matter what they do for the rest of the season even if they're neck and neck for the rest of the season um, it's a huge mm. disadvantage to start the season so slowly mm. yeah, to me the thing that stands out is the fact that we have five teams uh, at the top that is, pro- that is often the case when, when the season is only three games long or old uh, old it's, a, it's 19 <laughs> games yeah. long and three weeks old Sorry, <laughs> but now we have five uh, leaders, and we have Boca with no goal, con- no goals conceded, and on a run of thirteen matches with no defeat. I think Falcioni is finding the, the, the way to work around that team, and they are managing to get the results. Wh- whereas last season, at the beginning of the Falcioni era, wasn't so so, so easy. Yeah, it's definitely better then. Yeah, they, they got a they got a win with a late goal by Moche. And in, a way, in a way, they still like the cohesion, uh, similar problems that they had last year. But as you say, at least they're, they're grinding out the results this time. The defense, yeah. and the defense has been fantastic as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But they, they, they haven't looked very fluent for, for much. Of, I think the first game they looked quite good. But was it the first game? Or well, they, they, they beat Union in the second, the second game. game like, the first yeah. one was a oh, sorry. Draw. The second game was the four yeah. 0 Yeah. Um, but they haven't. Yeah, they haven't looked fantastic yet. But as I said, a similar situation to Lanús. Being at the top of the table is, is already a huge advantage. And the other leaders are Colón, and well, Lanús. We mentioned Vélez and Racing as well. And Racing, I've been watching. This is uh, the, the team coached by Diego Simeone, and now he's uh, repeating the same formula every week. Like Racing uh, gets ahead in the score. He, the, Racing did it all three games against Tigre then Godoy Cruz and now Banfield and then he's, he sends the team back uh, backwards and waits for a counter-attack and it paid off against Godoy Cruz big time he didn't against Tigre in the first week and, and Tigre got a late equalizer and against Banfield it was uh, it worked in a way and uh, in, in a way that Banfield couldn't get back into the game and Racing scored really early with helped by the fact that Banfield are crap as we've already said yeah, yeah, yeah. that too <laughs> no they, they threw everything they had at Racing and Racing looked yeah. comfortable in defence Saha the, the goalkeeper had a great game but, it, but Racing couldn't convert on the chances they had on the counter-attack and I think that's going to be the measure for them whether they managed to be effective on a counter-attack or not because they're clearly they, they can clearly find the back of the net when they when they put their minds to it but the thing is Simeone has a has a plan and he goes for it in the first half then they then he mm-hmm. speculates and hits the the, the, the opposition uh, on the counter attack so with G day approaching do you see this uh, that's Giovanni Moreno's return for those of you who didn't catch last week's episode 
you see this plan changing when Moreno goes back into the team? Probably, probably. They're, they're talking about Simeone changing the formation and using Giovanni Moreno as the enganche, the playmaker behind Theo and Auche, provided Theo stays and, and mm. no European team comes calling, as I said before. And if they do that, then Toranzo is a candidate to, to be replaced and he's playing wide, uh, wide right at the moment. So I think uh, the inclusion of Giovanni Moreno could change that, but we're going to have to wait and see. And he's probably going to come back uh, in in three weeks' time. So I think we're going to see the same Racing in the the next couple of games uh, as well. And as for the other results, well, I, I... I think we have to stop a little bit to talk about Estudiantes because um, Russo now, he ended the season with Racing as, as a Racing manager. I think he was four weeks without a win. Uh, it, was, it was a terrible run for Racing, and, and especially at home. And now at Estudiantes... Uh, he went the first three matches without a win. Yeah, we actually, this is one of our questions we had from, from Gibb Football Show asking why are Estudiantes so poor. Um, really, since Sabella left, is it Sabella's absence? Yeah, I guess they're on being out with injury or what? Each further season they have um, looking looking poor is, is another kind of tick for Sabella because, you know, you, you could have said, oh, well, last year they had Beriso, who's not very experienced, and. Blah blah blah, but you know they've started exactly the same way this this season. So, yeah. and they have more quality than when Beriso was around, and probably even when than when Sabella was around. Because okay, they don't have Enzo Perez any, uh, anymore, but Sabella used to play with the same couple of strikers in in Boselli and Gaston Fernandez. And well, Verón is still around. The, 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 the goalkeeper is not an issue. It's well, that's a, that's the one point that I would temper that with is that. He, he's still around, but on. But for example, this season he's he's played what one one of the games and mm. sort of half half injured, half fit. So that that may be the other factor. Mm. It's hard to tell how much is Sabella, how much is Beron. But yeah. well, but they brought in um, Jose Luis Fernandez from Portugal. Mariano Gonzalez uh, came back again. Uh, well, came back to Argentina. Uh, also, he was he was also well. Playing, <laughs> that was <laughs> that's been that's been too generous. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't playing that much, but his quality. And now Boselli is back, so I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking uh, Russo is a bit overrated. Well, he won a, a, a lot of things, including the Copa Libertadores with Boca. But lately, I haven't seen anything special about him. And well, I had him at my club, so I see him. I seen him work, and I see what he does and I think he's not going to have an easy ride if these sort of results continue for them and now it's three without a win and I don't know where where, where they're going to where they're going to go next I think uh, San Lorenzo is worth a mention as well as, as who I think are also a contender they had a 3-1 3-1 win over Argentinos yeah. um, Rafael is up there as well on six points but they've had a quite an easy first three games and I think they've got a quite an easy I mean comparatively easy uh, mm. bunch of games coming up as well so if they if they're fairly high up the table halfway through it could be a little bit deceptive but yeah and, and they beat uh, all boys with a fluky goal they, it was a deflection on, on the wall yeah, after yeah. free flash. kick and this is something that I didn't know he was back in Argentina I I'm, <laughs> I have to confess this guy Walter Gaitan he used to play for Boca yeah. Rosario Central uh, and we have our fingers on the pulse <laughs> of course yeah well I, I, 
I don't know if you consider me part of hand the pulse, but I don't. I didn't have the, the, my my finger on the pulse in this one. So I saw him giving an interview at the mix on after the game on TV, mm. and I said, "What? <laughs> what is he playing now? Okay, he's, he's playing for uh, for Rafaela, and he got a he got that that um, uh, that goal with a deflection on, on the wall that fooled uh, goalkeeper Nicolas Cambiaso, Esteban's brother. So." Yeah, it was probably a draw, but they got a win, and that is massive in a difficult round as uh, the one all boys have. And now, well, honestly, I think the game to watch next week was going to be Boca and San Lorenzo. That is going to be massive, but maybe we'll yeah. talk about it later on. Yeah, there's, there's another <coughs> massive game coming up at the weekend as well, which, which we can... Uh talk about a little more. we'll get on to that a bit later I also I wanted to mention Godoy Cruz because they continue to I, I keep thinking oh they'll, they'll win this one you know they'll, they'll really kick in now uh, but since losing Mariano Donda obviously Sanchez as well doesn't help yeah, he, he's now gone and, and Sanchez and Sigali who was suspended for this game against Tigre they didn't look like they had many answers at all I mean t- mm. Tigre was, actually is one of the few games I watched with yeah. concentration on the weekend and Tigre looked uh, really really good actually as a, as a team we all rode off completely basically yeah mm. Tigre won 2-1 with two goals from uh, I'll bring the score up because I've completely forgotten um, with with two goals from Ezequiel Macchiolo yeah I, I thought it was him I should have trusted myself Eletus um, Eletus yeah Eletus. <laughs> absolutely yeah um, and before uh, Martin Galmarini got sent off and within about two minutes Diego Bichard pulled one back for Godoy Cruz but it, it's not enough I mean Godoy Cruz before they, you know, last season they looked like they had an idea about how they were playing, and and the season before that, when when I arrived in Argentina, I remember Seba, the first game that I went along to when I when I moved down here was uh, River Plate against Godoy Cruz, and you texted me, enjoy the blue ballet because they were playing such such lovely football. I mean, the the, the idea shouldn't have changed that much at that time. The players uh, missing. That's too much uh, of uh, luxury to to have, like to sell, to keep selling players and not. Replacing them with the same quality because it's really difficult to replace players like the ones we're talking about Donda, Sanchez, Ramirez. Ramirez. David Ramirez, yeah, he left the, the season before to yeah. go to Vélez. So, yeah, it's gonna. I predict the long, long season. I, we something, talk about it. Something I talked about, yeah, before, I think in a previous special or something. Teams like Godoy Cruz or Olimpo or somebody who, who come off a good season, it's really, really hard for the smaller teams to, to back that up. I mean, bigger teams like Vélez or, or the Big Five, you know, they lose players and they can replace them. These guys, you know, they they, they get pillaged and then they, they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Within two seasons, they can be relegated. Yeah, it's it's a real shame. And, and I'm just uh, bringing up a spreadsheet that I've got. This is the current standings in the Copa Libertadores qualification. At the moment, Godoy Cruz are fourth. But, I mean, they're, they're going to be dropping a long way down that table because in the Clausura... Um, as it stands at the moment, their second bottom. Anything, any other big talking well, what, points? What about Independiente? Um, Independiente, I was going to say, they've got a game in hand. They, they, they playing, have a game in hand, yeah. and, but they also beat Estudiantes playing with 10 men yeah, from, they were, from the first half. They were a little fortunate to do so. Even Antonio Mohamed, the Independiente manager, apparently told Miguel Angel Russo that after the match. He, he said, Estudiantes deserve to win, if anything. They, they have far more chances. Missed a lot of them. Obviously, because they didn't score. But they're getting the results, aren't they? I mean, they've now played. Obviously, they've only played two, not three. But um, they've. Well, they lost. And, and they, they, lost were to to lose. Lose. Yeah, they were unlucky. He was the yeah. last kick of the game, and they lost uh, to Lanús. And, and you know, losing to Lanús is no yeah. nothing to be ashamed of either. But yeah, I mean, beating Estudiantes and then this weekend coming up, they they're away. But to Argentinos, that's a mm. 
a winnable, maybe not necessarily an easy win, but a winnable game. And then, I mean, after that, the derby against Boca yeah. at home, which is yeah. when the season really it's, it's starts. Gonna be, it's going to be interesting to see whether they suffer from the same thing they suffer when when they play their uh, Copa Sudamericana winning campaign, because they had so many games and they were focusing on, on those games and kind of playing in the, in the local league with the weekend team. Yeah. And so before the game started, before the season started, they had to go to Japan to play the Surua Bank uh, Cup, and unfortunately they lost it. They lost it. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to see you try not to and, and now they have the Recopa Sudamericana. Well, they, they play. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. They're going to play tomorrow against Inter. And I wonder if that's going to play a part in, in their fitness. It's I don't know if we mentioned, but they have uh, Gabi Milito in defense who's, who's come yeah. back from Europe. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned that on the previous podcast. Yeah, he played two games without getting injured. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so in that respect, he's, he's playing above himself. Um, but the thing is that Independiente also need to pick up points because I've got the relegation table up now and obviously they're way clear at the moment and they should be for this season as, as we discussed last season when they looked like they were they might be heading down at one point but they've got to pick up points even so because when 2009-10 stats get, get wiped from that relegation table Independiente are going to be way down they're, they're going to be far worse off than virtually anybody apart from say Tigre this season they'll have 43 points yeah, which they'll want to finish in the yeah. top places this, this season to be safe. Next Precisely, season. yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's they, they're going to be last or second from last. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, they, they really can't afford to do what they did, and they didn't make any secret that they were doing it last season and, and prioritised the continental competition. They can't do that this season. Other hmm. uh, other big talking points from the weekend, kind of off the pitch. I'm, I'm yeah, well, probably uh, Juan Roman Riquelme getting <coughs> fired again. again. Again, yeah. Yeah, this time it was a news, uh, news or boys fan. Yeah. And it didn't get as much coverage this time because it didn't hit him. <laughs> so it wasn't front page; it was inside front page. Was yeah, and uh, and he looked like somebody somebody from the London riots, like he was one of the looters. <laughs> and he's, he's, you can see no him. Idea for that. <laughs> <laughs> you can see him speeding at Riquelme and then making a quick uh, move just. Uh, to see, well, to try and not be busted by a camera, but yeah. he was. So now, the question is, are they going to hunt him down like the Olimpo fan who is who has been forbidden to, mm-hmm. to attend a, any Olimpo game in the future? Yeah, I'd love to know whether uh, they're actually going to make that happen. Though. This has reminded me of a question that I was asked yesterday for the, for the podcast um, via Twitter. I apologise to the person who asked it, but my, um, my Twitter messages box has become somewhat flooded over the last 24 hours. Uh, with questions about Sebastián Cuates. You'll never um, tweet alone. You so, knew it. No, yeah. absolutely. That's the second reference, Sam. You said you weren't going to mention him again. No, I know. But um, <laughs> the, the, the reason I did was just to explain why I can't, I'm afraid I can't remember the username of the person who asked me the question. But he was asking um, why there's so much ill feeling towards Riquelme in Argentina. And I, I said to him at the time, I'm not quite sure what you mean uh, in terms of media coverage and everything. You know, Riquelme is... Is one of the the idols, and and you'd struggle to find anybody in the press who, say, doesn't want him in the local national team or even the senior national team. And it it occurs to me that it might well be that he's seen some of these reports of Riquelme being spat at and and so on. I think that's probably much easier to explain, isn't it? As this fan said, he wants to distract him to make him feel uncomfortable. Um, Basically, he's the corner kick taker, so he's he's getting (laughs) as closer to the to the the stands as anybody else. Yeah, but I would I would say he's one of those very very divisive 
players. Um, so I, I do think a lot of people really hate Riquelme, especially. And a lot of people probably call him a, a mufa as well, a, a, one of these stupid things where they you know, call him a, like a bad luck charm for the national team or whatever. Uh, but I think m- m- most of it has to do with him being a, a staff of Walker, so basically uh, all the other teams. So. Yeah, and at the same time I sense that uh, there's a lot of respect uh, from opposition fans as well. Mm-hmm. So he, he divides ho- the, the, the Boca fans in a way and also the opposition fans because some, some of them hate them, yeah. some of them admire, the, uh, admire him secret- secretly. They will never admit it, but... They wouldn't I'm, on him. I'm, I'm, one, I'm one perfect example of, of that. <laughs> I, I absolutely am, I admire Riquelme and I would never uh, spit on him because, well, I would never spit on anybody, but um, <laughs> I, I mean... Possibly I, so, yeah, Batista. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't waste saliva on him. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a problem. <laughs> uh, Di Maria, he would die. Uh, yeah. he will give me no chance of, of actually hitting him with my <coughs> portion <laughs> so anyway that, that's uh, yeah that was one one thing uh, that really stood out in, in recent times and another thing is the it's not like like we're gonna talk about River Plate every week uh, because it's a it's a second division club I want to make sure of that I'm glad uh, you brought this up because yeah. I was wondering debating with myself whether or not I should do no no because I think it's important there are some rules that are being bent uh, for because of River mm-hmm. and I think in a way it's logical because there is a big business behind and there are safety safety issues as well we saw River Plate play their first away game in the second division and it was in Mendoza in one of the World Cup uh, 78 World Cup venues the president of Independiente Rivadavia who is opposed to Grondona said I'm going to open we we discussed this last week but just putting putting new listeners up to speed Um, he said I'm going to open one of the stands for fans that are are not Independiente Rivadavia's fans Neutrals. Yeah, he said something like neutrals. Well, like, and the reason is because in second division or lower divisions, the away fans they cannot attend uh, to games because of safety issues and violence uh, f- from previous seasons. Uh, but now everything is going to change, and, and this is ne- this is new, and this is something that we're still waiting for, for waiting for the official announcement. But it's gonna it's well, gonna come t- today. They were saying. Yeah, I'm sure it was, but today they were saying it's confirmed that the yeah. away fans will now be allowed again. It was possibly while you were on the way down here, actually, so, but, but yeah, yeah it's, it appears now to have been confirmed. Exactly, so that's that's uh, something that is changing only because River Play is now in second division and only because there are go- there are going to be fans, uh, River Play fans, in every province and they, they, they're definitely going to go to the stadium, try to break into the stadium if they're <laughs> not legally allowed in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's something that changes the picture in the second division dramatically. And we saw in, on, on Saturday when, when River played in Mendoza, this uh, whole section behind one of the goals, full of uh, River play fans, but they were not wearing colours, and most of them were not wearing colours. There were no flags, no banners, mm-hmm. no anything. But they were, <laughs> they were celebrating the goals. Players were going they towards whistled, them. Um, they whistled Fat Fab when he came on. Yeah. Fabiani yeah. came on as a <laughs> substitute for... 
Yeah, and it was it was uh, very funny. There was a hashtag on on Twitter called La Tribuna Neutral, the neutral fans, <laughs> and they were all coming up with with chants that uh, were not really offensive to, towards any team. Like they were they were just neutral fans. It was so so funny, so funny. But yeah, that, that that's all we'll say about River. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was I, I asked her a few questions when we were when you were on your way down to Seville whilst we were waiting for you to turn up from having murdered a man on the soup day. Um, <laughs> Seba has not murdered anybody this evening. Can't stress that enough. Yeah, and um, we've got a good few... T- a couple of them we've actually already answered. We've already discussed the effect of the transfer departures for, for Vélez, and we've ex- discussed... In fact, we even mentioned uh, Gib Football Show's question, why are Estudiantes so crap? Uh, that's, in my words, not his own. One of them is, is kind of linked. It's from... Uh, oh, God, what does that say? Scott M87, um, who says that Maxi Morales, uh, former Racing player, but obviously recently left Belles, and Eric Lamela are now playing in Serie A. Are there any other Argentines who are set to leave soon? We've already mentioned Juan Manuel Martinez, who's mm. virtually certain to be playing in Europe by February next year. Uh, can you think of any others, guys? Any... About to join Italy in particular? Or well, no, I, th- I think he, he, his question just said any uh, who was set to, to leave. No, the league I mean, well, as we, no, he's not Argent- Argentinian, but he's been in the league, obviously. Silva, as we, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, to Fiorentina, who could make a big impact. We said he's 30, but he's sort of a, at his prime. He's just And he'll be determined as well. He's, he's been in Italy before and, and right. maybe didn't go quite as well as he wanted to. So. Um, yeah, that's hard to tell because sometimes <coughs> negotiations are kept behind the scenes and you, you don't get to hear until. All of a sudden, you hear that a player has signed for another yeah, like club. Yeah, like Silva today, or Maxi We didn't know anything exactly. about it until basically the day it happened. Probably, I'm sure they're gonna be um, agents negotiating, and I don't, I can, I can think of any any player in particular because I haven't. Well, um, one who's, I mean, not necessarily that we know is going to transfer, but just something that we think might. Uh, Patricio Rodriguez for Independiente. He's he's actually injured at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when he when he has the medical two-week two window of not being injured, he gets linked with somebody. Uh, yeah. So I mean, next time he's fit, he probably will will be linked again. Very good little mobile kind of. Well, he wears number ten. I wouldn't say he's really a number ten, uh, such in the Argentine sense, but uh, a decent sort of forward. Uh, nice hmm. drop deep. Would be surprised if Valeri goes back to Europe at some stage. Um, as we said, I don't see it right, right now. I no, don't see it. And there was talk about uh, Teo Gutierrez. This is well, he's not Argentine, but he's, mm. but he's playing here. And there was talk about uh, Porto uh, probably replacing Radamel Falcao Garcia with him, basically because Falcao pro- has probably or reportedly recommended him to Porto's uh, board of directors. Yeah. But if any anyone from Porto's uh, board of directors is listening to this, <laughs> Teo is a terrible player. <laughs> I, 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 recommend yeah, I, I would recommend you not to sign him. Uh, all jokes aside, I think his 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 quality and he scored 14 in in 18 ga- in 18 games for Racing. Did you know that he almost went to Independiente before? He almost, yeah. yeah, he almost did. And also River was mentioned, but I think he made the right choice. We all agree <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, but other than that, unless there is a last minute surprise, and I expect there will be uh, at least a couple. Uh, I, I don't have any names to, to give this uh, friend of us. No, obviously if you keep an eye on all of our blogs and keep listening to the podcast throughout the season, there's the plug for you. Um, no doubt we'll be mentioning the ones who, who do do particularly well and kind of come into contention for January transfers or whatever. Um, 
A couple of others. Uh, we've, yeah, we've I talked about one this. actually is, uh, who we mentioned was the it's the goalkeeper Andrada, the, hmm. who has been linked oh, with Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, it seemed to sort of fall through while he was away at the Under Twenty World Cup, but. Yeah, he's probably another one that's definitely going to be off in the next couple of years. Yeah, um, not entirely unlinked to that. Empty Minds uh, asks whether we think Gary Lamela can make it at Roma. I think that's going to be a fairly short answer to that one, yes. I think he will make it. I, I, I'm not sure how soon he will find his best uh, version, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he'll, he's going to make it. He's quality, there's no doubt about it. And especially uh, what I see in Lamela is that physically he seems... To be ready, he doesn't seem to be Argentine. You know, like, you know what I mean. Like we're used to see di- diminutive or diminutive, diminutive, diminutive yeah. forwards uh, coming out of Argentina, and sometimes it takes a while. And and in most cases, or in many cases, they can they can have the same kind of impact they had in in, in Argentina. But in Lamela's case, I think he's physically built better than, than most uh, under twenties. Prospect we, yeah, no, we ever mean, had in Argentina. He's not exactly bulky, but he's he's quite no, tall he's, and he's got a he, he's, he's well built. Yeah, yeah, I mean I know what you mean. Yeah, and uh, so I think he's got the physical attributes to do that. It's going to be a case of whether he can adapt to to the kind of game Roma will yeah, try to play. Yeah, that's the interesting point. It, it might not happen this. Well, it might, but it might not happen this season uh, because it sort of depends on the uh, Roma have a very interesting project at the moment with. Uh, uh, Luis Enrique and uh, Barcelona style I think they're, they're trying to yeah that's another point that, that's something that could really help Lamela uh, adapt uh, faster because he's got a Spanish speaking coach he's got Boyan who also speaks Spanish mm. and so he, he's probably going to have also Pablo Daniel Osvaldo who is another Argentine yeah. who who's playing for Espanol and at the moment it's not very clear whether he's going to go to Atletico Madrid or uh, to Roma and with them and the experienced guys at Roma like Daniele De Rossi and, and, and Francesco Dotti, of course, those, those uh, factors are probably going to help him. Uh, there's quality all around in that team and, and that is something that's going to help him more than he was helped at River. Yeah, because River he, he was the star and all of the pressure yeah. was on his shoulders. He had more pressure last week than he's going to have, the, uh, last week, no, last season, <laughs> than he's going to have uh, next season, that's yeah. for sure. Anyway, moving on to, to other questions, we have one from Knott's Ruairi, who asks whether we can think of any comparisons between Belles and English Arsenal's fire sales recently. You could compare, uh, in a way, uh, when it comes to the sales they're making. But, yeah, on the other hand... Uh, two the, creative think, midfielders, each, Morales and Alvarez at Belles. Yeah, key players that are out, that's, that's uh, the, 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 the main... Situation here, but I think the difference is how they reinvest the money and how Arsene Wenger keeps signing youngsters, mm. thinking of the future, but it's not signing players that are ready to to play right now to play a part. Whereas Vélez, they're yeah. doing it. They're, they they yeah. brought Santiago Silva when he wasn't a teenager and he was a proven striker. Mm-hmm. He, they brought Guillermo Franco who played in. At least two World Cups, maybe three, uh, for Mexico. So they, they they bring in David Ramirez, who is no youngster either, and he has proven quality in first division. So I think that's the, the difference uh, when it comes to to those two yeah. clubs. But I think there's, it's a good point. To, to there's also a bit of a, a difference in terms of the emphasis, or if you like, the starting point, because Arsenal are losing these players when really Arsenal wanted to hang on to them in order to try and keep up with clubs who who crept ahead of them in the Premier League in the last few years. Belas are losing these players when Belas are the team to beat in Argentina yeah. at the moment. 
and that in some way will give them a little bit of leeway. They've still got that psychological advantage when they take to the pitch, which Arsenal yeah. just don't have. And Vélez, pay, they, they, they are able to pay, and they usually do, the best salaries around in, in Argentina. Mm. For Arsenal, that's not the case. We all know Chelsea, Manchester City, and Manchester United are... Are above them when it comes to how big a wage they can afford for mm-hmm. certain players, and that's basically well. Arsenal couldn't compete with Manchester City for uh, when it comes to the salary they could offer uh, Sami Sami Nasri, for example, and that's why they went. Uh, him and Guy Clichy, they they both went to to Manchester City instead of staying for Arsenal. So yeah, it's not comparable in that regard. But when it comes to uh, losing their key players. I think it's a, it's a valid comparison. We'll go away for a little bit and give you a very short musical interlude and then we're going to come back and discuss some of the fixtures coming up in the weekend to come. Okay, so um, and just a, a couple more of the questions that we've had. Uh, CJ Boothroyd asks, this is actually quite an interesting one. Everybody and a lot of people abroad obviously are aware of, for instance, that Lionel Messi, there are some doubters in Argentina that everybody loves Carlos Tevez and so on. But he's asking the players who are a little bit less well-known than, than the superstars. How are they viewed here and I'm looking at you, Seba, because you've Wait, you mean grown you up. mean those from the national team? Or? Yeah, well, maybe those from the national team, maybe those on the fringes, or, or kind of not quite good enough for the national team. But I, I would guess that he might mean, say, players like, uh, say, Licha Lopez, mm. Lucho Gonzalez, who we were talking about last week, Sarate, mm. and so on. The players who who don't make headlines really, who are playing in less less. Visible European well, leagues. perhaps for their club they do, but not so in. Yeah. in yeah. It's obvious that as, uh, as soon as they leave Argentina, even uh, some more and some less are out of the ra- radar and, and off the radar, and nobody uh, or the common the common fan don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 big fans and the avid followers of football they they. They know they're inside out, they're inside out, and they know who Lisandro Lopez plays in uh, up front for Lyon. They know they know this guy Gomez, and they know mm-hmm. other players, you know. And that's not the case with the common fan, and that's a problem for them when they are called for the national team, and they they have a lot more quality than players that are called from the domestic league, but the, the public still prefers those guys who are playing in the domestic league, even though. It's obvious that to go to Europe you have to be better than yeah. those who stay, you know. The elephant in the room here is Boca and River. <laughs> if you play for Boca and River and then you go to Europe, you're going to make the headlines anywhere, anyway. And it doesn't matter if you win the Champions League and score twice in the final like Diego Milito did. He never got deployed, he never got any credit and his low profile didn't help. I think he had one of the best uh, per, uh, seasons in recent memory from mm. any striker in the world. I mean, you could probably uh, talk about 
well, of course, Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo last season, but before he did this before, and you could probably say a couple of seasons by Thierry Henry or, mm -hmm. or Samuel Eto'o, but he was right up there, and still he wasn't getting the recognition in Argentina, and he was never considered a serious contender to, to be the main striker in Argentina, and, and I think no, we miss out on that. Say Palermo for the World Cup, of course, for example. Yeah. Of course, of course. I think we miss out on that, and, and that's unfortunate, but... I'm sure things would have been different if Diego Milito made it at River or, or Boca instead of Racing. That's mm. and that's that's not a bit of Racing fan talking here. That's just yeah, what no. happens. That's true. Oh, great. And in fact, sticking with the theme of uh, players being called up for the national team from the local league, we discussed last week the the local league uh, international side who are going to be playing a, a similarly composed Brazilian side uh, late in September. But Chris from the Elastico is asking us whether. Brazil's squad has not been named yet, but we'd have to assume that it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty damn strong, strong yeah. when, when it does get named. Um, and he was asking us whether he, any of us think that the AFA are going to take a look at that squad and, and the depth that it has and decide that something needs to be done to strengthen the Argentine league again. I think it's a slightly unfair question because I think as much as anything else, it's, again, a simple case of economics. Yeah. As we said yes. with the Vélez Arsenal comparison, uh, the Argentine economy is, is not something that the AFA however else you'd like to try and sling mud at Julio Grandona. Hmm. It's not something really that he can be blamed for, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah, one thing we could benefit from is um, the fact that Brazil also has the international FIFA date and Argentina is using that with a full national team to go to India and Bangladesh to play Venezuela and Nigeria. Hmm. And Brazil, they have to play Ghana in London. Oh, so some of the and some of the, some of the domestic players are going to go there, like Ronaldinho... That's the main example I can think of, and I will have to go through Neymar. that list again. But I well Neymar, Neymar as well. So they're probably not gonna, they're, they're surely not gonna make this domestic uh, team because they're already in the full national team, and that's something that is changing the dynamics in Brazil because uh, now a lot of players are saying, okay, I want to go back to Brazil, not only because the weather is better, but I'm also getting paid quite quite a lot of money. And in, in Ronaldinho's case, he's earning uh, a, a lot more than top players in Europe. That's, not, that's not why. Not quite as much as Samuel Eto'o, maybe. <laughs> not quite as much. But that's why players like Ganso and Neymar are still in Santos, despite Real Madrid and, yeah. and, and, and Barcelona showing interest in them. I think that, that changes uh, a, a little bit, a little bit uh, the, the, the dynamics in, in Brazil because now they're, they're calling a lot of players from the. From, from the Brazilian league they're playing in the Brazilian league and going to Europe sometimes it puts you far from the national team yeah, look at Elano for example yeah. he has more chance now that he's playing in Brazil than he yeah. did when he was playing in wherever Russia yeah. a good thing for Argentina in this particular case because they're probably not going to be used for this domestic uh, national team and we're going to see other players being called up probably youngsters or probably veterans that are not going to go to Europe again okay. or make it to the full national team. Yeah. Um, Australian Dan is literally we're having to hold him back from the end of his, his piece of paper. On which and where, where is English Dan? English Dan is... is, is the last time I saw from his Facebook he was somewhere between Krakow and, and London. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> they seem to be going on some kind of massive bender around Europe <laughs> with him and his brother. Um, but yeah, Australian Dan is very much here and uh, has, has scribbled some incomprehensible writings in the middle of his his deepest dreams last mm -hmm. night uh, this was what the heavens are telling him is going to be happening in the weekend to come 
So we're going to play his theme music now, and then we'll we'll be back for a very quick discussion of not one but two classicos in the weekend to come, and Mystic Dan's predictions. Um, all right, so. Golikus, Banfield, uh, I've put as a draw. These are not necessarily in order because when I... I think they are, oh, they are actually. Estudiantes yeah. <laughs> um, to beat San Martín de San Juan. Racing Arsenal, draw. Lanús to beat Tigre. Uh, Rafaela to beat Olimpo. I've been for all boys to win away to Vélez with oh. all the... They did that last season as well. And they thought they played that as well. Uh, Colón de Santa Fe to beat Unión. Belgrano to beat News Old Boys. Boca and San Lorenzo to draw, and Argentinos Independiente to draw. Interesting. Hmm. And uh, as listeners will have heard, Boca San Lorenzo, of course, is, is a classic although Julio Brandona, Julio Falcioni, was very eager to point out to journalists this season who were trying to gain some kind of extra media attention for it that it's not Boca's classical. Uh, but it is a classical in the sense that it's two big five sides classic. Yeah, and Boca and San Lorenzo are the only team. Are ahead of Boca in the head-to-head yeah, uh, history, true, yeah. so it is, it is a massive game for Boca. Even though, even if they wanna deny it, Play it, down, it is yeah. it is a, a big issue for them. And San Lorenzo, you normally got their number, so it's not gonna be easy for them right now. And, and yeah, we see Colón Unión, which is the other clásico, which hasn't been played for eight years. Colón are going to be without a fair few of their, their players. Chevanton is, is injured. Um, well, several uh, of the other guys as well. Esteban Fuertes, uh, I think he dislocated or fractured one mm. of the... I think he dislocated his finger. Yeah, but he's going to be okay. Yeah, well, no, he's, playing, he's <coughs> okay. But there, there are one or two who have definitely been told they won't be making it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, <coughs> that one. I'm really looking forward for Colón Union. I, I think and it's going to be a, a fairly dull... Uh, draw actually, I think that was what I, I predicted for, for my employers in Hong Kong. Col- Colón, um, they're, they're on, a, on a run that is very, very long. Uh, that they're not winning, they're not winning at home all right. for a long, long time. So you have them as yeah, I think this they'll be quite, well, actually, quite I think considerably better than when you're. I think they, they should win that quite comfortably. We'll say yeah. also with the you know, first division experience. Yeah, I think I think Colón deserves to lose because they, they have Adrián Bastilla and they gave them the number nine shirt and that's an insult <laughs> for football. And we we had a Racing and Adrián Bastilla for I think it was something like 32 seasons or something because <laughs> it, it really felt that way. And it was so frustrating because he was the... the, the, the Favorite of uh, the fan favorites, the, f- the fan favorite, and really hated him because he he was a liability. He uh-huh. always got a red card in, in derby matches, so watch out for that one. If you wanna go and, and bet some money on it, that, that's that's a bit of advice. Any um, other fixtures that really yeah, I'm, jump I'm, up? I'm having a look here. Obviously, Racing Arsenal is, is Racing uh, Arsenal uh, the one from Highbury or the one from Sandy? <laughs> because oh, at the moment, at the moment, I think we have enough to beat the one uh, from England, right. and you have you have us down to just a draw against yeah. the, the yeah. lot from Sandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the kind of 
attitude from Racing, which which why <laughs> yeah. why I put them down for a draw here is that they seem to get a bit ahead of themselves and talking should, about winning championships and we should, perhaps, and, we should perhaps mention as well that Arsenal's fans at least think of that match as the Clásico. Uh, Racing's oh, fans don't. Well, as I said before, um, Arsenal were, were very hard for for Vélez to break down last week and. Well, I apologize for the dog noise in the background. Well, actually, it's, it's a dog in the background. It's not somebody making noises, uh, as I may have just implied. <laughs> well, we don't know. <laughs> no, it, it could be if it is. It's a very convincing impression. Uh, I think it's Bastia. <laughs> Adrian Bastia with his number nine shirt. Trying to get a server to shut up. Um, <laughs> we're a very short time now. We're, we're going to be stopping recording uh, in a minute. But before we do go, I've, I also have one other question uh, via Twitter from a Norwegian fan called MK Vad. Uh, he's a regular listener to the pod, he says. And he's wondering how we think General La Madrid are going to do in Primera B, which is Argentina's third division this well, season. I having, think they're going to struggle. Primera C last they're going to struggle to stay up, actually. They've got enough. What they played three games so far, I think, and um, yeah, one one draw and two losses. Are you are, are you for real? This is a guy from Norway who supports General La Madrid. That's I don't, I haven't, I haven't met. He, he then nice. says, he, he then tweeted me afterwards. Congrats, brother. I said, don't bother. I'm crazy. I'm not an idiot. I know we will go down again. Um, ah, that's yeah. beautiful. That's that's well, that's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations to you. I really, I'm really happy to hear a story like. This is coming from a QPR fan born and bred in Argentina, so I I feel your 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 connection with the General General La Madrid, and I'm from now on I'm gonna have a soft spot for them, and I'm gonna keep a look uh, keep an eye on, on on their results. But seriously, you're from Norway and you support General La Madrid? Come on! Yeah, as, um, as as we were mentioning on the on the Apertura preview pod when Joel Richards uh, joined myself and Dan it's not easy even if you're in Argentina to follow the lower divisions unless you really do try to uh, so we can't pretend to know too much about them it's quite difficult to get any information I'm a federal fan of the the second division I go to for example Olay's page where you click on National League and there's seven articles about River <laughs> then you go to like click next page and maybe you sift through and maybe you'll find one article about Rosario Central or something now, now that River is in the B mm. it's almost impossible to find any information about yeah. anybody else yeah no but uh, honestly I never met anyone who supports General <laughs> Madrid <laughs> they probably have more more uh, people at the, uh, sitting on the bench than in the stands but <laughs> that's not in, that's not having a go at, at General Madrid but just it's just surprising. I, I can, can you tell us anything about them, Seba, as, uh, as uh, the person who's actually grown up in, in the country? With its honestly, I can't. Nothing at all. Sorry. <laughs> w- Wikipedia might be able to no, tell us one or two things. Nothing interesting. No, I've uh, I, I've just got that they well they play in Michel de Boto in Buenos Aires. Um, and, and that's There's a nice wine called La Madrid. I don't know if it's related. Uh, <laughs> Looking at it, I can tell you my 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 grandpa was 30 years old already when they found it, when they found oh. that General La Madrid. So. 1950. Yeah. yeah, it's a new. In it's fact, a, only seven years older than Arsenal de Sarandí, your opponents uh, uh, this weekend. So, yeah. so. we probably this is probably giving us an idea for for a section in Hand of Pod maybe. Uh, Profiling a club in the lower like division, an side club yeah. we know nothing about, and exactly, try, yeah. to try and talk <laughs> about. <for five> <laughs> Probably, yeah. we'll definitely get yeah. in touch with us. Anybody mm. who is a fan of a lower division club, yeah, we'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Amazing. if you're from 
the other side of the world and you're a fan of a lower division club, um, please don't write if you're a River fan, by the way. We don't, <laughs> <laughs> we don't mean that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. If, if you want us to expose that there are some things which you probably know more about than us, uh, then do feel free to, to tweet one of us. Um, I think we can wrap up for now, guys. Yes. Thank and you. for future episodes, when we have nothing Ooh, to talk on, about, no. maybe. we can't yeah. wrap up just yet. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sorry, keep talking. Though. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. It's just it's, cho- it's just short, and this is something like the last thing I'll say to <laughs> in the show, today, hopefully. And uh, no, and I was thinking maybe for future episodes. Uh, when we don't have a lot to talk about, uh, I promise to tell a couple of stories that I experienced firsthand with Diego Maradona. And I encourage, I encourage listeners who maybe cr- have crossed paths with with Diego Maradona or uh, other famous uh, footballers, but Diego is kind of the icon here, to to tell us to tell us the stories uh, with Diego, like. If they saw him on the street, or if they, or if Diego signed an autograph, Living I have a couple of. A kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of really, really good stories that yeah. I that I that I lived with Maradona without him uh, noticing, but <laughs> <laughs> I did. And that's are they, are they family friendly stories? <laughs> well, there was a there was a hand contact, uh, like shaking yeah. hands and. But in a very unusual place, so oh I'll God. keep that for another I think for another episode. I think you're better. So Diego's hand on an unusual place on your body, or the other way around? I shake the hand of God. So yeah. um, one other thing, and I'm not. I, I'm very sorry for having forgotten um, about this before. To, to Jude Ellery, he's the editor of Man and Ball, which is not a new online magazine, and his. Asked us whether we can give them a mention. There, there are a couple of pieces in this week's, uh, this week's, this this new edition. It, it's I don't think monthly, but it's uh, sort of every every now and then. Uh, the second issue is currently out, and there are a couple of pieces which do deal with Argentina, including a, a sort of fictitious account of an encounter between an Argentine and an expat Scot living in Santa Fe in a bar after um, Argentina's Copa America quarterfinal exit to Uruguay which I've had a read of, and it's it's really good. It's enjoyable stuff. I'm going to be reading through the rest of the issue later on. Um, so, yeah, that's just a very quick shout-out for, for Man and Ball, uh, which you can download at... I'm just going to get the address up now. It's at manandball.com. And you can, yeah, I, I, just, I just wanted to make sure it was a .com, not .co.uk. The first, the first issue is free to download. The second issue is about £1.95 or something, so we're not talking you know, anything very much. And, and it's, it's a really entertaining magazine. Um, you can follow them on Twitter at man underscore and ball, without an underscore in, in the second. Good I'm very glad that I managed to remember to get it in as well, because I almost forgot and I would have felt incredibly guilty. So, yeah, anyway, gents. Thank you very much for, for another wonderful podcast. We no, managed you, to, to keep recording time down to a sensible length <coughs> this week, so hopefully we can get it to Matt Chesterton's specified 30-minute, <laughs> was it? I, I don't think it'll be that short. We'll go for 45 or 50 and see what we can do this week. Actually, that's another thing we always forget to mention. Um, send us feedback. Yes, uh, we, please we, send us feedback. Uh, anything... The good one. The good, the yeah. <laughs> no, the good and the bad. We, no, we, we'd we, like to we do occasionally... Ask for it, and, and none of you do. So, please do, listeners. <laughs> Segments you'd like to hear stuff that you know we, we talk too much about something or, or another or, or whatever. Just you know, send us some feedback. Yeah, it, it's um, the, the best address to do it if you want to email it. Then it's sam at astelgolsiempre dot com. Uh, if it's on Twitter, then well, you probably follow one or all of us on Twitter. But you've got Argentina FW, which is Dan Heggs underscore com, which is me and Mundo Abi Celeste 
without the E on the end, which is Seba. Uh, don't send them to, characters. Yeah. <laughs> never. Don't, don't bother sending them to Dan Edwards' goal uh, because he, he never checks his messages anyway. I'm not entirely sure he still hasn't yet worked out how Twitter works. Um, <laughs> Apparently but, he's a robot using that, that account. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But yeah, it, we are interested in hearing your feedback if you have any suggested uh, ways of improving the show, particularly on the, in terms of the sound quality. A few people have, have asked me about that or did ask me about that during the winter break and I don't really know what I can do about it. But uh, you know, drop us a line and, and I'll have a look and, and see what I can do. For, for now, though, it's it's over and out, and we'll be back with you same time and same place. Well, place we don't know about, because if Dan's back <laughs> next week, we might be able to record it his next week. Goodbye from Australian, Dan. Bye-bye. Goodbye from Argentine, Seba. Ciao. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>